Okay. All right. All right. Simultaneous clap. Yes. Okay. So right. this is uh, this is reactor. So um, I guess we just need to talk about like what what, what are we going to do here? Yeah. All right. So I thought we were going to do some kind of mastermind, like sort yeah. of like uh, Art of Product or several other podcasts like that. Like just uh, me talk about the thing I'm working on. You talk about the thing you're working on and hopefully learn from it and improve. Well, that, it sounds like you've um, seen a few of those, uh, those podcasts. Are they, are they on YouTube as well? Are they sort of screen based or are they just audio based? I don't know. I mean, on YouTube, I've seen the big ones, you know, like I know Joe Rogan's and Tim Ferriss's, but most of, most of the podcasts I just get on my phone and listen to when I'm out jogging or commuting or something. So do we care about doing a screen share on this and, and sort of um, having that as part of this, making this like a video? Oh, that's a good point. I just moved it over here. Uh, I, I think it's not a bad idea just because, you know, like if, if I go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash alchemist camp, you know, there are a ton of videos there and there's, you know, not a ton of subscribers, but you know, two and a half thousand almost now. That's great. And I've noticed some of the other interviews that I've done, they, they were like full on interviews uh, for my uh, solo podcast. Like those have actually done pretty well. And people, you know, like this one I did with Arvid call about a, startup that or a bootstrapped startup that he uh, did over a couple of years like that got 31 likes and zero dislikes so i think 635 views that was a great one by the way um i mean i really enjoyed that and uh sort of listening to what what he said and his whole his whole journey is sort of foundational it's what it's what every new entrepreneur who wants to start something online should should hear yeah. and know about that was very good yeah i mean that's that's half of the half of what's great about doing a podcast. So I, I mean, I think if we put, if we put these on YouTube, uh, if this is on YouTube, people are seeing it in the future. Like I think it's uh, it's just one more way for people that are more into it to get a little bit more out of it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's probably going to be more people listening to audio, but not as engaged as the video. I mean, I, I was thinking about this from a video perspective. So some of the, Things. For example, I created a mind map to go through to talk about goals, you know, and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I was sort of thinking that it'd be quite useful for us to do some visual stuff, you know, as part of the discussion. I mean, to be honest, when, when you when you talk with someone, if you do have a visual aid, it is quite helpful. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so, you know, so I think that could be cool. Okay, well, good. So with that, so we're recording it on um, uh, Zoom. And uh, mm -hmm. th this is the first episode that we still completely... Just like, I don't think I've ever started something where I've been not quite so clear about exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> but that's good. That's good. It's going to be emergent. And another thing to point out is we're recording from opposite sides of the Pacific. So it's not exactly easy to uh, align our schedules and so forth. Right. Exactly. So what, what time is it for you over there right now? It is 12.49 a.m. for me here in Taipei. So wow, it's... Okay. Uh, Almost an hour past midnight. Eight forty nine a.m. and that's yeah, that's pretty early for me. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> so I late for have. you and early for me. Well, look, look, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. See how it goes. All right, so, um, well, I guess one thing, just from from the mastermind perspective. Um, so, well, maybe what we should do is just sort of give a little bit of background about ourselves. Um, yeah. You know, so that anyone 
tuning into this one first show can go, okay, who are these guys? Uh, what do they do? Um, I guess um, maybe I'll just do a quick screen share if you could. Does it let me? Yeah, I oh, think yeah, you does. can just take, can take yeah, the I call. I can, yeah. It's always fun that cool. way. There we go. Okay. So I'm screen sharing. Um, so my name is uh, Justin Vincent. I have been building online um, software stuff for quite a long time, over 25 years at this stage. And um, I really especially enjoy the bootstrapping side of things and building small side projects and SaaS businesses. So much so to the point where I've created a Nugget, which is a, like a startup academy that sort of explains how to do that. And it's got a step-by-step process to, to help um, founders sort of do that. And so Nugget itself is that, and um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to grow Nugget. And part of this um, process that, you know, this weekly brainstorm mastermind process that we're going to do, I'm just going to talk through what I'm thinking about with Nugget, how I'm thinking about growing Nugget, how I'm working with the entrepreneurs inside Nugget, and also um, with you and your project. So we, we actually met because I uh, found Nugget and I, I went through your, your survey there for my project, which is called Alchemist Camp. I'm going to grab the screen here and it's uh, it's a screencasting site for people learning the Elixir programming language. Uh, I don't have quite as long of a tech background as as you do. I mean, I uh, I used to run a non technical business, a, a painting franchise first, and then that was just like for a summer as a teenager, college, and then uh, uh, after that, I I uh, managed an English teaching school with a couple of partners in Taiwan after I finished college. But I was reading Hacker News and. You know, like I wasn't a programmer, but I had a lot of friends from from home that were and really wanted to get into it and eventually made the jump and um, was uh, an engineer at Groupon in the Bay Area and then a couple uh, couple smaller startups. And now I'm kind of doing the, the combination of the two, both uh, entrepreneurial and leveraging the internet. So uh, this this site is uh, is all about learning the Elixir programming language. I've made a ton of screencasts. Most of these, actually all of them are on YouTube. Most of them are free. Uh, Some of them people pay me uh, a monthly or annual fee to have access to. And those people also get access to full, uh, full repos of the code and a few other things. So something, something that mm -hmm. we've got in common that I, that I really like is that um, we're both, building the learning platform from the ground up. So we're not using Teachable, we're not using some other system. We're both basically building a learning platform. And I think that's a great, um, that's fu- I mean, it's fun. It's fun to do. And it also gives you a lot of control, you know, and you want it yours does. to look like that. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> because I, <it> is awesome. <laughs> you may, so it's, it's not entirely just random. I, uh, I, I kind of hope that people who come in from Hacker News or someplace and see one of these tutorials and then later they come in and they, they see a different tutorial, I'm hoping they'll kind of go like, oh yeah, that's the green, purple, and pink Elixir site guy. Exactly. I yeah, think no, I've been nice. here before. So it, it's... It's very strong know. branding. It's very strong. Like you, it, when you see, as soon as you see it, like it's like, okay, that's that. That's, that's Alchemist Camp. That was that was a goal, um, but yeah. As far as like not being on on Teachable, I think uh, 
Um, and I don't have anything bad to say about them, but I, I think it's a lot, uh, I don't know. It just, it's just, like it's a lot faster to get started doing that. Cause I, I used to run a WordPress blog for quite a while mm-hmm. and there are plugins for everything. But then eventually it's like you're building with all these like big Legos that aren't quite the right shape. And it ends up taking more time than if you just. Uh, so, so you started Alchemist Camp. Did you, um, on WordPress, had you made any money with it at that point? Oh, I didn't have this on WordPress. So, okay. so the way I started this one was I, I actually just had YouTube videos for a long time. Um, okay. It was, I think I'll, I'll just uh, pull up some of the real, really old ones. There was no site at all. It was just a lot of videos that, you know, had things I was interested in. I wasn't even, you know, necessarily thinking of turning it into like a, a thing other than just a YouTube channel. But then you know, later on, I thought like, well, you know, maybe I'll see if people are interested in, you know, premium content. And I did a, a survey, asked some people, and then I, I threw together uh, an even more minimal site than this one. It was like... Uh, so you, oh, you didn't even start with the Oh, no. What happened? I'm not paying for Audio Hijack. So Fuck, there okay. are some, some limitations. Let's see. Noise is now being overlaid on all captured audio. No. You know what? Um, that's fine. Just, we've that's got fine. Zoom. We've got Zoom, and I can also just use OBS and record audio. We'll see what happens. I mean, the Zoom audio isn't terrible. Okay, let's just use Zoom for this one. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's we'll use Zoom for this one. Okay, figure it out later. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, so, was... so just just continuing on from there. Yeah. Um, well, assume, that's assuming that the Zoom captures the audio that I'm hearing. By the way. But uh, maybe I should be recording uh, something as a backup. I'll record OBS as a backup. Yeah, okay, do that, yeah. It's, it's what I use for all the screencasting. There we go. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I start off with just the YouTube channel, and then I made a, a really minimal site. Uh, the way I did that is I just went to one of those online uh, markdown to HTML converters, mm-hmm. Dillinger.io, and put in the simplest ugly thing I could that just had links to the YouTube channel and that was it. And it was one static page of HTML, put that up. It was basically like what the episode page is now on Alchemist Camp. But that's still not, um, that wasn't monetized, right? That was right when I was like first considering it. Um, Mm -hmm. To, so, so one thing that, that kind of made this an easier choice for me than it might be for other people is I could actually monetize or I could turn all of the process of making the site into tutorials because yeah. I made the site in the language I was teaching. And yeah. all of those are up here. It's like a, a CMS framework is what I called it. Yeah, so this, this is... So you this dog-booted is, your own tutorial. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah this is... Uh, the old logo, which is uh, absolutely ridiculous. So it's, it's, uh, it's changed quite a bit. That was the survey. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, it seemed to me, it seemed like a no brainer to, uh, uh, to make my own site. It's a great, it's a great, um, sort of stumbling into a business strategy that you've, you've taken. So basically you've created, you've created, you've given value, um, you've, you've given the value away, for free. And it's a, it's sort of marketing. It's a marketing funnel. It's bringing people in. They're seeing the value. They're learning to trust you. Um, then based on, based on 
the value that they get from you and the trust that they feel for you, then you, you've added premium content and they know that you're not going to give them crap. You're going to give them something good. And you've got very, very um, competitive price points. That's something we can talk about later. But I think it's like, it's a really, I, I really like, it's very organic the way the whole thing's turned from nothing into something. It's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I am pretty optimistic about it. I've got to say though, like as far as, you know, the business, it, I, I earn much less doing this than I would just spending those hours contracting. It's growing over time, which is a good thing. But, you know, I think, I think my, my average hourly rate is, you know, less than back when I was uh, teaching English. So, but, but like the light bulb's gone off where you, where you sort of know that it could be something big. For sure. And, and also, you know, all the goodwill and uh, you know, the audience building, all that stuff. I mean, it gives me more options. One of which I think was the main thing I had in mind with this podcast was, you know, I'm working on another product, which is, an analytics service for mm-hmm. not necessarily just Elixir programmers, but for anyone. And I've, I've been building it using Elixir, using this stack, but there's kind of, uh, you know, there's already kind of a group of people who might be interested or at least, you know, trust me enough to give it a try. And I already have, you know, some, not a big megaphone, but a little megaphone on the internet. So, yeah, you know, all of, all of that I wouldn't have if I'd just been contracting. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you, you've built a foundation. Yeah. So uh, what are your goals for this year? You know, what, what, what are your, do, do you, th- are you thinking that way? You know, about I, I am. I've got a, I've got a few goals. Uh, the, uh, the financial oh. ones. Uh, yeah. I've, I've just made another little static site blog recently. This is um, with Elixir. Uh, no, uh, this is this is purely static. I did it with ViewPress, mm-hmm. so Vue.js, and then there's a there's a library called ViewPress, which is good for making uh, documentation. And then there's a plugin that that makes it more more bloggy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this cool. is this is kind of like the whole MRR path of it so far. And my goal for the end of the year is to double the uh, gross subscription sales up to 28K for 2020. Yep. Keep the lifetime retention, which I'm very proud of, over 60%. Mm-hmm. Cause like right now I, I still have most of the, most of everyone who's ever signed up is still a member. And then launch the second product before the 1st of March. That's the analytics service. That's a, that's a good deadline. So, and then, oh, finally travel to, to the US for an Alexa conference. I gotta do it. There's so many out there. So, so okay. So re- regarding um, so so well, lifetime retention. So does that mean they're paying you monthly? Monthly or annually? It's it's a mix. So I think right now it's about sixty percent are paying monthly. I think and forty percent annually. And what, how much like they? What's the the monthly cost? Well, it depends on when they signed up. So. The people that signed up really early, some of them are still paying uh, $12 a month mm-hmm. or the very lowest, I think it's one, two people are paying 64 a year. Um, and they've, they've been there for, uh, you know, they're already like renewed on their next year. Um, the, uh, the current price is $21 a month or two ten for a year. And I do very occasional discounts. Like I do a Black Friday deal. Um, 
I'm working is on there, that. Is there any way to tell uh, the utilization or is that not plugged in? That's why you're doing stats. That's why you're building the stats. The event it. analytics. Uh, I had a really nice dashboard on, on keen.io, but they, uh, they raised their prices on me from like $5 a month to 150 a month. So I quit okay. and that's, and I've been working on my own, but yeah, yeah I've, uh, I, what I did is like other than just view. So I, I tracked the five, I tried to track like the five most important events because I saw this, uh, this talk with uh, Emmett Shear from Twitch, one of the, mm-hmm. one of the YC talks about that. And so I was thinking like, what are the important things other than visits, which I think almost everyone tracks, I care about subscribes and I care about uh, cancellations. I care about uh, uh, just creating an account and becoming a, a, like a free user as opposed to just a visitor. And then I care about sho- uh, social shares, but I haven't really tracked that one very much. So yeah. like with the, that event information, um, other than just like how many visitors are there, I can look at stuff like, um, how many people have, uh, or how many people have been on the site? Um, how many days of the last 28? So I can see, like, you know, there's some people that have actually like been there 26 out of the last 28, and then there's a long tail of people that have been there like less and less and less. And so, do you have any kind of marketing plan to to double those figures? Yeah. So one thing is. Uh, so top, so top of the line, I'm just going to make more videos on YouTube. Keep doing the same stuff I'm doing. Keep on making articles, keep sharing those, uh, when appropriate in various online watering holes I'm in. But, um, as far as like something that sounds like really targeted marketing, um, I'm doing some segmentation and learning like what level each, uh, like each, each person who subscribes to my email list or who makes an account, I'm going to try to ask them like, what's your current Elixir level? Uh, I don't know if you saw this thing here, free email course. Mm-hmm. This goes to a type form and I say, uh, you know, in order to best serve you, I wanna ask you a few questions. And the first one is how well they know Elixir Cause that's, that's like the number one thing. Cause I, then I know like which tutorials to recommend to them and really helps me help them quite a bit. Then, um, you know, what, what they're doing now, like, are they an Elixir dev, JavaScript, script dev, manager, student, whatever. And then like what programming language they know best. Oh, I require that one. And anything else we want to know? Okay. So they type in all these things and send me the email. Then based on that, I'm going to, you know, tailor the emails that I send to everybody. That should actually help quite a bit. It should help me grow the email list. It should also help me, uh, you know, keep people on it and convert more of them to paying customers and also help them more. Yeah. That's nice. So the the way that I, um, just going to switch over sharing here. Hmm. Um, The way that I think about marketing um, the products. So, you know, I had Plugio, which was my social media dashboard and uh, built built and sold that and then Nugget and, and, and a couple of other uh, things that I've worked on. The way that I think about it is, um, so it's like, if product sales was a molecule, it'd be like you and the product and essentially you're building trust and persuasion. So you, you're doing an amazing job of this already. 
because you you sort of building that trust and people are sort of believing you. It's literally it's kind of like a formula. And number one rule of sales is people buy from people or companies who they know and trust, and people buy products that solve their problems or make their life better. And as we we discussed before recording this, we were discussing this idea that that your sales um, operation is sort of like an octopus. It's like there's many tentacles that are out there on the internet. And so that's sort of what I'm, what I guess what I mean is like, do you have a plan? Do you think it would be useful? Let's, let's just say, do you think it would be useful to create like some kind of bullet point list slash plan of all the different tentacles to the octopus, the big web that, that's going to pull people into your funnel and that you're then going to sort of uh, nurture those people in to understand that, that they can trust you and that because they can trust you, they can buy stuff from you. Does that make sense? I think so. I mean, I may already have that, except just not very well organized. Like I have, I have a whole bunch of uh, Mac notes, you know, on each of the, you know, on like what I want to do for, for the email, what, I, what I'm planning on on YouTube, what kinds of articles I'm going to write, that kind of thing. Got but, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've been like thinking about, you know, sort of preparing <clears throat> for this, this process that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I've just been sort of thinking, okay, I would like to sort of get organized about it. You know, what are my goals for this year? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sort of listing different, different goals, sort of um, <laughs> even to what I'm going to do to the house, <laughs> you know, what, 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 what the plans are for, for wealth and um, you know, what my strategy is like um, over the next year. So thinking about these, thinking about that, that essentially that octopus, um, marketing surface area. Yeah. That's kind well, of a cool term. Yeah. Well, because, um, and let's, let's just go, let's, do you mind if we talk about mental models for a second? Yeah. Men- let's, yeah. I love that. Let's do because it. Cause these men, these mental models, basically everything that I'm thinking about is running through these mental models. And it's like, this is the, the filter that I'm making all decisions for this year. Um, so I'll just start with this. So basically the person, the personal mental model is, you know, health over wealth. That's kind of like my, the first thing, the new 2020 reality for me is, is health over wealth. And the previous 25 years have been wealth over health. And as a result, that hasn't worked out too well. So um, I, you know, so in some ways I'm, I'm almost like pulling back. I'm, I sort of reshuffled my priorities and um, I'm, I'm moving health as like a number one priority. So in, in the goals there, you know, I want to try That's a crazy get... coincidence because like actually health is my number one goal this year too, which is why I've been, uh, I told you a little while ago, I was like running two out of every three days and that's I had to awesome. be awake at certain times for that. Like that's exactly uh, yeah. That's kind okay, of crazy great. Well, so, so that sort of aligns with my goals here. So the, my goals for this year and hopefully this could, I mean, so you, you know that I've um, been a co-host of texting for the last 10 years and yeah, um, what I have Great found, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> what I have found is that, you know, it's, it's almost embarrassing to say, but people have enjoyed watching myself and Jason sort of set goals and do stuff over time. So in, in some ways, our lives are a plot line, you know, a weekly plot line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually. So if I, if I like cut in really quick, like yeah. <laughs> the reason, so the reason I like texting so much and why I got like so sucked into it wasn't just because I, you know, briefly met Jason long ago in San Francisco. It was because 
like I was listening to this podcast. You guys were, you know, talking from like 2010 or 2011 about all these, you know, all these opinions you had, these, these things you were going to do. And it, it was fascinating because it was just like, I was getting this, this little, you know, dip here, dip there, just this pointless view of your guys's friendship and, and, you know, business pursuits and as well as, uh, you know, predictions about all kinds of tech things like, you know, Twitter and uh, Tesla and Soylent when they were new. So I, uh, I, I, I hate to say this, but I think it was, it was actually better that I didn't listen to it back when you were like first recording it or recording a ton so that I could hear them all from the future. Well, you, you're one of the rare people who've basically gone ahead and listened to 300 episodes in one in one sitting. So you basically did that. It, it must've been over the course of a month. I mean, it couldn't have been quicker than that. There's, there's basically yeah. at least two weeks of back to back audio to listen to. So I was, I was, uh, I was back at my grandma's place in Colorado and um, I, I actually, because of this really annoying uh, just bureaucracy hell, I don't have a driver's license. Mm. In the US. I, I have, I had a, a California license. And I lost it abroad, but my family's from Colorado. So I got to Colorado and they were like, oh, well, let's see the California one. I was like, well, I lost it. And then the California DMV wouldn't let me replace it unless I had proof of residence in California. So just like this big nightmare. So I was actually, uh, while I was staying with my grandmother, I was, you know, at home coding a lot, but I was also like, you know, going out, walking a couple miles to uh, go to a store or something. And that was a, a perfect environment for binging through a podcast. Mm, okay. That's, that is awesome. I'm yeah, that was a, yeah, flattered that you that. listened to that much yeah. and I, I really appreciate it. Um, and it's also good because it means that it helps us. It helped. Well, at least you, you know, some stuff to say uh, about, you know, I do know some. that previous experience, which is, which is great. But also um, what, what, what I wanted to say is I think with what we're doing here, we could probably do the same thing. Because uh, I've experienced that it, that that it, that it does it does work it does work. I mean, I, I don't know why people are interested in 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 tracking what you or I do, but I think it might be interesting if we present it in an interesting way every yeah. week. We slightly change and grow, and it people might, like stories, right? It might inspire them, you know, and help them. So hopefully, but unless we completely fall on our face, in which case it'll just still be interesting to watch, like I watching mean, a train. Even yeah, train even crash. then we'll have an audience. It'll yeah, just right. be a a nastier sort of YouTube comment thread. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, so that, so the reason why I'm just talking about that is because that's, that's sort of why I created this, this mind, this mind map is to say, okay, look, let's just, I'm going to state what I want to try and do here for mm. this year from this first episode. And then every week, uh, and I think we should try and do every week. And it was super hard for me to fit this in today. Um, in amongst work stuff, but I just think we just got to do it. We just got to do it. Whatever happens, like yeah, when, when just I'm keep not swimming, <laughs> traveling. Like I'll, uh, I will, yeah, I will, I will hustle to uh, fit the schedule. Yeah. So, um, yeah. okay. So uh, going, I'm going a bit all over the place, but I usually do. But um, all right, yeah. So we were talking about mental models. So yes. the per so personal one, health over wealth. That's great. So we've both got those goals. So this is these are my year goals. Um, to try and lose about 50 pounds over the year um, and to try and bring my blood sugar down to healthy ranges. I'm, I'm a diabetic and my blood sugar right now is in unhealthy ranges. It's usually between 200 and 250. I'm just a 
I'm just about to get, get a, a continuous glucose monitor. So that's mm. where you plug it into yourself and you yeah. can sort of look at it and see what it, see what it does. You get a quick um, feedback loop. It's like every five minutes you, you get, a, get a reading. So we'll see what, how, you know, how that works and um, I will just keep, keep working at that. Um, but with, with wealth, these goals, I'm not quite so clear on these as I am on the health ones. Um, mm -hmm. Generate 250,000 from side projects. Um, that's really a stretch goal, to be perfectly honest. I'd be happy to generate 50,000. Um, you know, 50,000 or 100,000, 250,000 is a stretch goal. Um, but that's just based off what, what I've seen about the sales of Nugget and um, how much I need. Because basically, the only money that I need, because I'm already in two day jobs, the only money I actually need from side projects this year is to complete the work that my wife wants to do on the house. Oh, okay. And so I think that's like going to be about 50000 <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, on your, your texting podcast, you were talking about a cyber truck. So I was, I was just that, thinking, well, like, how many of those are you Okay, that is true. That is true, cyber truck. But the, but the, thing, about, the thing about that is that is a very stretch goal. And it doesn't, it's not even in existence until 2021. It's a little crazy. Oh, 2021 okay. or 2022. So this year, I can't get a cyber truck. So, okay, so 250K from side projects and Nugget's the main one, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. And it, like, what, uh, what did it do last goal. year? Nugget, so basically, of, so um, Plugio's total income for me was 250,000. That was the first app. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Nugget's total income so far has been about 110, 120,000. Let's just go and have a quick look. And it's not that old, is it? Uh, it, well, it, it is because it's gone through um, a few different iterations. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so um, so let's see what it says. All, so to date, it's made $115,000 nugget. But it's really gone through two, two iterations. The first iteration was, it about, was about it being an ideas platform and basically selling ideas. So if we go, if we go to... I remember that, yeah. So, so it's been going four years then. Yeah. So it's about 30K a year-ish. Yeah, except, except of those four years, it was more like I worked on it one year. I kind of didn't think about it for a right, year. Right. Then I worked on another year. Then I didn't think about it for a year, which is this, the very same thing that happened with Plugio. And I find this is, this is something that happens with side projects is you, if you, especially if you have a full-time job, which is the way that I'm sort of thinking about it, you just lose passion for it. You don't want to work on it. And then you get back to it, you know? I don't know if you've gone yeah. through that cycle. Is that just? Um, I don't know. Like, like I, I did the full-time job and then like also just about full-time on uh, a side project before I kind of just kept at it for like, like until I, I didn't have the full-time job anymore. So I, I don't know, but I, I think for me, I'll, I'll, I'll get like super into something and work on it like in a sustained burst for, although, you know, those timescales, so maybe I'll do that for like six months or a year, but I, I definitely couldn't do that for like four years. Well, for sure. Look, for, for all the work that I've done on Nugget, and now there's been 100, people, 100 founders who've gone through it, I know for a fact that the number one thing that predicts whether, whether there's success or not is if you just keep doing it. If you just turn up every day, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. and most people don't turn up every day. It's really, really difficult. And there's quite a few founders who, who even with Nugget, because now it's been going for two years, I've seen them drop out for six months. I've seen them come back in. Then they'll, then they'll do a push for a couple of months and then they'll drop out again. 
it's difficult when, especially when you've got family and you, you know, you've got life and all that other stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I am single and do not have any kids, so I can't, uh, I, I can imagine cause I've seen my friends. Some of my friends have like, two that is and the they're, ideal not, uh, they're not, they're uh, not getting too much done. They're, they're just like happy if they can sleep sometimes. <laughs> all right. Well, um, Okay, so just I guess uh, let's just talk uh, through these mental models. So this is sort of where, yeah. I, where I'm I'm thinking everything is going through through these filters. So the personal stuff is the health over wealth, then family driven decisions. Um, so for example, the goal my the, my goal for this year really is just about helping my wife do what she wants to do to this house. The house, so that, yeah. That, so that's what I mean about family driven decisions because I've we've just moved to this house in the mountains. Um, which is uh, also very interesting and it's very snowy outside and it's very cold and uh, we need new things like a fireplace, for example. Um, okay. So then the found to fit formula, this is something that, um, that I talk about uh, in Nugget. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone through that part. So this is super important. So basically anything that I do, it needs to be within the context of, of me, you know, what, what decisions, my life, who I am, I, I shouldn't just do stuff just because I think it's a good idea. I need to sort of evaluate it through that, through that context of me. So it needs to be a good product founder fit. So Nugget makes a lot of sense for me because for some reason I have a very deep passion to help other founders uh, be successful in the way that I've found so hard over the last 25 years. The market founder fit, once again, this is just about, you know, who, who am I dealing with to make this money? And I want to make sure that those people work, work really well with me. A price founder fit is I want to charge prices and price points that make set, that I believe that I can support and feel happy about supporting that also makes sense for the people who are spending money. So I never want to be in a scenario where I get someone who has no money to give me 500 bucks. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. that would, that, I, that is just a, a not pleasant scenario to be in. Like, but I, I wouldn't mind charging that person 10 bucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But some, someone yeah, who's totally. earning 200,000, I'm happy to charge $500. So I want that to all sort of work out. The goal founder fit um, is, you know, once again, family driven decisions. So basically personal context is, is everything I think about all this work that you do. So the first three I've heard quite a bit about what, what's the goal founder fit part about? It's just, it's just running. It's, it's my goal, my goals here. Uh, basically my revenue, you know, the revenue that I'm looking for, it just relates to what it's, it's, it practically relates to who I am in my life and my family. That's okay. Me. Okay. Yeah, just the goals fit yeah. you. Got yeah. it. So then um, the think small is, um, you know, this is all in nugget. You've seen this before, but basically um, just to learn fast, you know, so in, in the part, in the previous 25 years, a, multi, you know, a number of times I've made mistakes where I spend six months getting an answer, you know, rather than learning within a few days. I could have learned within a few days or a week, but I spent six months. And the classical way that you do that is you do something like, you say, okay, I'm going to build this product. And you spend six months building this product and then you launch it and you see if anyone wants it. And that's just a really, really classic mistake. Whereas you could probably just find that out by talking to people from the get-go, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so learn fast. So small tests over big ideas. Um, so that you know that that just means um, it's it's really just the same thing. So 
for example, like, you know, I built this mobile um, delivery platform. I spent nine months building this thing and put it out there and I hired couriers and I, it was completely operational and it was working and it was making money. And I realized that it was just a business that was a really bad founder fit for me. And I basically could have validated that whole idea and worked that out if I'd have just printed some business cards and just started the business without building any tech. Was that the Uber for coffee thing? Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean. Small tests have a big ideas and it's just super important. And, and so, okay, so talking about that, I think that the first four or five of these that we do, mm-hmm. it's just going to be me talking through this Okay. This, this uh, because and that's what I mean, like hyper iterating, just quickly running things past you and you saying, "No, that's a rid- I think that's ridiculous," and just doing a lot of upfront thinking to sort of as quickly as possible, hyper iterate as quickly as possible to get to some good decisions about what the strategy should be. Does that, does that make sense? I yeah. think so. So, so is this like to get to the strategy you want to use for a Nugget, or to get to the strategy you want to use for teaching this framework? For Nugget. I guess because both. They're kind of the same. It, it's for, it, because, because basically I'm going to be making my money through Nugget uh, for this year, but I sort of need to decide how to do that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to decide how to do that, I think I need to go to, to, to iterate very quickly over some different execution ideas. So this kind of fits in with what I was saying last time we chatted, actually, because I, I think uh, the hardest thing for Nugget right now is just that it's so big it takes so long, not, I mean, not for you, but I mean, just for any of the founders who are using Nugget, it takes a long time to get to where uh, you actually launch something and try it. So a lot of people, or at least I kind of felt, felt bogged down in, uh, in some of the earlier lessons, but, but if, if it's such that founders can go through it or through like a first pass of it or something more quickly, then you also get feedback faster. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like hyper iteration, both for, um, for them and for you. Yeah. Yeah. So this take pieces off the board just refers to if there's a win, just take it. Don't sort mm. of double guess that win, you know? Um, and it's like the, the strategy in backgammon, you know, if you're, if you've got a piece at the end and you can take it off the board, then do it rather than make another move. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a lot of people um, don't, don't do that, but that's something that I want to think through. So then the, the think small act big, the power of gradualism um, is just basically big things happen in very, very small gradualized steps. Like you, I mean, what you've done with um, Alchemist Camp, if you look at how it's just been this gradual process, you kind of recorded that first video, you put it out there, you got feedback and then you kind of enjoyed it. And then you put a few more out there, you got feedback, you really enjoyed that. And then you sort of started getting, you know, more people coming and thousands of views and maybe, maybe this could be, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, it wasn't like I just like, like retreated into my lair for a weekend and then came up (laughs) with this gigantic plan with 15 interlocking pieces. Yeah. And, and Alchemist Camp is also a perfect example of how, like small bricks build big things, you know? So like every little video you did, it was like its own little sort of functional unit and it stands on its own, but like combined together, they create this larger thing, which can then create this larger business for you. And then, you know, all your other work is sort of based on that, those small units. And so uh, a lot of what well, I've noticed, a lot of founders will sort of just go for, 
a big idea like I did with light, you know? Yeah. So me just, too. Before this, like that, what, what kind of, what, tell me some, some other ones that you've done. Oh my gosh. So the re so yeah, actually this is a perfect time to tell this bit. Like uh, why I'm like the reason I, I got into alchemist camp to begin with is I already had been working on a pretty ambitious free to use language learning tool, basically a tool for conversation partners. And I'd been coding on, I mean, I'd been just coding a ridiculous amount and I got repetitive stress injury and uh, like <laughs> this, this wrist is all messed up. I used to have like a, a noticeable bump there, but it's, it's gotten better. Um, this joint is kind of like a little bit bad from like the mouse and um, it, it was bad enough. Like it hurt to brush my teeth, like that kind of repetitive stress injury. Wow. Okay. Um, and I, I took a couple of weeks off completely and then, um, when and I was so, doing Alchemist camp, I would just think like when I first started, it was like, what can I do that doesn't take too much time at the keyboard? And I was like, well, I could, you know, do, do a screencast and, hmm. uh, you know, I limited it to only 10 hours a week. I, I tried to limit all keyboard time to like 20 hours a week. So, um, the way this happened is I was, I was basically trying to make a, free to use app that was mostly popular in Southeast Asia and other like very poor areas. Cause it was like people learning English that were using a free to use app uh, for conversation partners or like a teacher and student to use. And it's, it was, it was actually uh, it was worse than a two-sided marketplace. It was like a, an array of two-sided marketplaces because <laughs> it's like you have, you have like wow. Thai speakers who want to learn Chinese and then you have like, Thai speakers who want to learn Japanese. You have Japanese speakers who want to learn Chinese. And so just like, you know, this crazy, this crazy thing. And of course, like I couldn't, I, I'm a bit of a language learning geek, but obviously I couldn't communicate with everyone and I couldn't like orchestrate it such that uh, everyone could find what they wanted, even balancing out for the, uh, the different demand for any language pair. Like obviously most pairs, like if one of them is English, there's going to be a lot more people learning English than English speakers learning that other language. So uh, it was, uh, uh, it was a it was kind of a crazy thing to do with, with basically no funding. I had a tiny, tiny amount, but it was, it was, it was too much for one person to bite off or at least That's for right. me. Then. Yeah. And, that happens a lot. And so after doing all of that, then it was like, all right, so I don't have any money. My wrists are hurt. And that didn't work. Maybe, maybe I'll just try selling stuff to people directly first contracting and then um, alchemist camp. Well, well, the, the thing that you did um, that that's kind of a big deal as well with what you did is you, you found customers, you've created an audience by, by sort of creating that audience. It just gives you the capability of building a business. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about, about, audiences you know because at the end of the day every business is based on an audience and from that audience there's customers and those customers have an intent to pay and you sell them something you know yeah so yeah just like i don't know whether it was locked into that or <laughs> but but that's I did a really lot of reading thing. i yeah. did a lot of reading like okay. um that's that's another good thing about repetitive stress injuries if you can't can't code then uh, you gotta you know you can you can read that doesn't take anything from your wrists yeah, so the next, the final one, foundational change is big change. And really what I'm thinking about there is because of the decision that we've both made to build our own platform, it means that you understand 
all the layers of the stack of that thing. And so for me to make a huge change to Nugget is really not that difficult because everything's built out of small bit, small bricks. Like, you know, I built mm. the UI. I, I built the UI out of the small bricks. I understand exactly how the UI works. I didn't use Bootstrap or some other sort of abstracted um, system. And, you know, and I, I've not, built not even that level. Yeah, that's right. So, wow. so, and, and so that just makes it super easy to make huge change to a product like a Nugget or an, or an Alchemist camp. You know, the more you understand about something and the more you build it out with these small, small bricks and things. But, that, but I think that works beyond coding. It, it works in everything. Like if you, you know, your, your video is like, you, each one of those is a small little component and you could make sort of changes to, um, I don't know, to, you could top and tail them, for example, and then it would be a big change to all of your content something like that it's just a, it's just a it's just a general thing i think you know in the back of my mind yeah I, i'm uh i was thinking i don't know if this is this in in line with the same idea but i was thinking any sort of changes to say like the email process like uh you know segmenting or automating emails that kind of thing uh is kind of like this this just layer that works across all the existing stuff that's right it's foundational like basically your your whole email communication process is a foundational process. And if you sort of get right in there and make, make that foundational change, it could, yeah, I mean, exactly right. What, what you even said, you know, one of your goals is to, is to sort of get to know people. Like that is really good, simple, small foundational change and understanding. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, with, then, so that's really the personal stuff. Then this is the think small stuff, which I think is like, the most important thing I've ever learned is basically just think small at all times through anything you ever try and do. And then um, the product mental models. So these are basically the, the mental models that I think about building a product is, you know, you want to create value for your product. You want to solve problems and you want to improve lives. It's just as simple as that. You know, when, when you work with customers, you just want to make their life better. <laughs> yeah. So then the, you know, regarding a solution, it really kind of comes from the think small, you know, basically first principle thinking, this is, um, you know, I first heard of this through Elon Musk. And basically it's just anytime you're thinking about a problem, forget about what, what you've already done, forget about what everyone else has already done. Just look at that problem and just rethink it from the ground up. Like, okay, what is the best way to solve this problem right now? Don't, Oh yeah, look, lots of people have solved this problem in many different ways, but forget that. What actually is foundationally the best way to solve this problem? Yeah, I, th I think I I, uh, I remember from his book or the the biography about him something about uh, the battery costs. Like everyone else was just saying, like, well, this company charges this much, this one's this much, this one of this country is this much, and he was just like, well, no, let's let's look at the cost of the raw materials that go into making a battery and add those up and yeah. see if we can maybe get dramatically lower. And I love that way of, of looking at things. And that's another reason why that's exactly the reason why I build my own CSS stuff. And why, I, I mean, I, there's, there's certain, there's certain layers where I'm like, okay, I've given up building that. Like, for example, you know, I use Laravel now, like, but for the first, 20 years <laughs> no for the first 15 years i've just always built my own framework so, so <laughs> like css it's like you're not using utility 
frame, uh, utility CSS framework or anything? I just, just like I, I just build that. Just, I just, I, just wow, I sort okay. of just, I mean, but but I've I've built it many times, so to to do it is just a copy and a paste. You know what I mean? So I, I do have this feeling with a lot of stuff, like like I was talking about auth libraries and uh, just just a bunch of there's just a bunch of things with my own projects where I don't want to pull in an extra dependency if I don't have to. Well, a lot of times with with libraries, because you know, ha- I having built libraries, open source libraries, I know I know what it's like to do that, and you sort of have to think about a lot of edge cases that will work for other people but that aren't necessarily relevant to what you're doing. So most libraries that are out there, 80% of it isn't relevant to your case, your use case, you know. There's, I mean, there's a few libraries that are perfect, but a lot of them, it just isn't relevant to your case. So the problem is, is that I find is you then don't know how the innards of that library works. And if you want to make a foundational change, yep, yep. You, can't, you, you can't do it without really understanding it and like reverse engineering what they did. Whereas it's just quicker to just build the 20% you need in, in, not in every case, but in a lot of cases. And then you understand it so intimately that you can make a foundational change and change everything in one quick go. Um, I, think, so. I think this is really, uh, it, it, this, is, this is very uh, counter to the advice that I hear in indie hackers or even uh, that I see just in general entrepreneurial tweets and blog posts and so forth. But, uh, I, I, I really agree with it. So I, I think it's, it's like, that could be a, uh, a place where people in Nugget have a competitive advantage if, if there's a way well, to I think distill you, it. But, but yeah, but I think it's very specific to me. And this, this again comes back to maybe in the founder fit formula, I need to say metal, you know, mental model fit because, maybe, um, yeah. because this, this is quite specific in my case because I have been coding for so long and I've built all this stuff before. So it's pretty easy for me to go ahead and do that. I mean, for me to do a CSS framework, is just a day's work. It's just, it's just an afternoon. You know what I mean? Like just to, to really get it working and then to, to, to test it is probably like two days, you know, and I've and, built. And does it, anyone else work on it or is it a hundred percent you? It just, well, because I'm just, I mean, basically I, I'm building all this stuff. So. I think yeah, I think so that's a key factor yeah, for both yeah, of us. Yeah, that that is that is a very key factor. Yeah, it's, if it's just you, I mean, you, it's just much easier to move around if it's just you. I mean, imagine tying yourself to ten people, you know, literally by rope. It would be pretty hard to. <laughs> it's just much harder to like, change direction and move around. Uh, but when you're on your own, it's just it's just much easier. So that's that's sort of a very foundational part of of even these mental models and and what they mean to me as a person. Um, so first principles, so then keep it simple, stupid is just once again, think small. And I always try and, um, keep any page in a product to one core theme, you know, so that people don't have to think about too much. Um, and I find that just makes it easier. And I find all that stuff, um, increases the amount of revenue you can make because it just keeps things simple and it keeps friction low and it just makes it easier for people to use it, to get into it to be onboarded, to understand it, and to trust you, mm. and ultimately to give you money. Um, then quality adds value. Now, I don't have any proof of this, and I don't have any scientific research. It's just my internal belief that quality products, um, people are more likely to give, you know, pay higher price points for, for products that feel like they have quality. 
So if there's, if there's like different blocks that are, that are out of alignment on a page from a design perspective, and it kind of looks higgledy-piggledy, and um, it, it just sort of doesn't look high quality, I feel like people might be less likely to pay high quality price points. But that, I, I think this is the least, the least um, provable and, and uh, sort of, it's just, this is just a me thing in a way. But it's what I, I, I think it has an effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then with sales, it, these are, these are kind of important uh, mental models. So the surface area formula um, and cause surface area, the first time I heard of surface area was when um, Jason Roberts from texting came up with his locked surface area. But the more I think about it, surface area as a mental model is just excellent on in so many so, different levels. So let's, let's uh, go over locked surface area really quickly. Just sure. since, Maybe not everyone here listening is is familiar with it. Um, me, all right. I, I actually yeah. already recorded a, a a solo monologue podcast on oh, this while back. Okay, I did. Um, so yeah, luck service area is it's basically like instead of thinking luck is something completely random that just happens to you with with no you know no uh, input from what you did, there are actually things you can do to kind of like have a bigger area to catch more luck. So, uh, for example, if you have uh, a rare and valuable skill, but not many people know that you have it, you don't have many places where you can get hit by that luck. But if, if you're well known for it, like say you've, you've done a lot of good things and you've written about it on your blog, like say Patio11 or Patrick McKenzie did about his uh, uh, Google AdWords exploits, or not exploits, but just his Google AdWords strategies and successes, on his blog, then, you know, you'll get known for doing that thing and, and luck will happen to you. Someone will, will be uh, more likely to have the problem and have heard of you or have a friend that mentions you and you'll just get more and more inbound things that, uh, that look like luck, but were sort of luck, but sort of like you had a big, a big net to catch the luck. What's your, what's the visual in your mind for surface area? Because I find that's a very important part of this equation. Like, how, how do you think of surface area? Well, I was, uh, I was uh, you know, really into math as a kid. So I'd, yeah. it's really hard for me not to just think of it as, um, uh, think of it like abstractly. Uh, but Interesting, because I, I always think of it like this. I, I think of sur- the first time I ever heard of surface, okay, luck surface area, the first time I heard of it was Jason Roberts. But the first time I heard of surface area was in biology. Um, like biology class and they mm. the the description was you know in the digestive tract the little villi things create this this a lot of surface area there's millions of them so rather than just being a flat wall they stick up and there's lots of these little things you know creating a hundred times the surface area for, for the food absorption you know and so okay so i think of surface area as this sort of this very big surface this, you know, it could be such some sort of absorbent, absorbent surface. And so that's what I'm okay. thinking about in my mind when I think luck surface area. I'm so, imagining. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, so, so if I just hear surface area, I think of like a conic section or a sphere or something like that where I had to calculate it. And, and so it's like, you know, uh, gr- drilled into my memory. But uh, if I think of luck surface area, I kind of think of lucky events as like rain that you're catching on an umbrella. And so a bigger mm. luck surface area is like a bigger umbrella. Nice. I like it. Um, so basically it's, it's, it's a, it's just a larger area of that thing. 
So, yeah. so, so marketing service area goes back to the octopus uh, concept. So basically through, through the multiple tentacles of different things you've got going, your Twitter, your YouTube, and you know, your blog, and then break, breaking that down, each blog post, each Twitter post, each thing you do, and then everyone you speak to. And so all of that marketing surface area is a big and important thing to have. So sales, the surface area formula for sales is basically just creating a very large surface area of these things that are integral to sales happening and people giving you money. So lock surface area, which is like a, a like a, a sort of the collection of people, the marketing surface area, which is like your whole sales funnel, trust surface area, which means on all of your pages and everything you put out to do stuff that gives people value and make people trust you. So you, the more times you do that, the larger trust surface area you've got. And then basically the funnel surface area is just all, it's just the same thing. So really that's, that's really what I'm talking about with all of this. The funnel surface area I don't get. Yeah, that might be a, that might be something I just put in there. Cause it was like, I was just like typing in, in the surface area. Now <laughs> this isn't going to be perfect. This isn't going to uh, be totally, uh, Of course, of course. <laughs> okay. So, um, so basically, you know, this, this, once again, this is metal models. This is me deciding all the things that I'm going to do. I'm looking at it through this, through the lens of this, this as a whole. So trust is sales. You know, that's why, that's why I buy stuff from Amy Hoy. That's why I buy stuff from the other people that I buy because I trust them. I believe them. And then the final thing is man on wire, um, which is, this is a, a very specific. Oh, that was in nugget, but I forgot what it is. It, it's a specific thing uh, to me. It's by, uh, let me just uh, find it quickly here. So I'll try and give a really quick. Okay. So just going back to that idea where everything, I, I sort of think of things in individual, small, simple units. And so to get someone to buy something uh, from them not knowing you is all of these dots. And it's like, I imagine it like this wire. And I think I, I imagine you sort of gradually sort of bringing people in, you know, someone lands on your homepage. That's one wire. Then they read a headline. That's the second word. Then they read a subheading. Then they read testimonials. Then they click on plans and pricing. And so the question is, is the man on wire mental model is how, do, what, what do I use to make sure that people get from that word to that word to that word to that word? So this is like when building to the next, the next, the next. So, uh, it's, it's, it's not, um, the reason why I, the reason why I use, um, this, this graphic is this guy, Philip, Philip Petit, um, mm -hmm. this is where this mental model comes from when he, he was the first and only guy to tightrope across the twin towers. And the way that, the way that they did that, the interesting part for me is he tightrope on a steel cable, right? This cable here, which is steel. How in God's name did they get that steel cable from one building to the other when essentially it was an illegal operation? So basically it was, to, the, the way that they did it was this. I'll, I'll give you the spoiler, and this is what I explain in this, uh, this lesson here. Um, he went up one building and sort of like uh, hid, from the, hid from the security guards and went to the roof, and another guy went up to the other building. And in his backpack, he had a whole bunch of different um, size threads and wires and a bow and arrow. 
And so he basically shot a bow and arrow of just a little thread from one building to the other. The other guy catches the arrow. You know, obviously he, the arrow didn't go into him, but he picks up the arrow from the roof and pulls a thread. And then he ties a string to the thread and he pulls that across. And then he try, ties a, like a small rope to the string and he pulls that across. And then he tr- and until eventually it builds up to be a steel table. And so that's, that's what I, nuts. That is what I think about when I think about um, everything. I mean, I, I run everything through this filter. So I run it for on a macro level. I run it. Uh, so I'm thinking about the first time anyone ever sees a tweet of mine or hears a podcast of mine or reads a blog post. How do we sort of get them all the way through? And um, it's just a mental model I use. So, for example, you know, this this is the application of that mental model on a home page. So I want them to land on the homepage. Then the next thing I want them to do is to read the headline and then read a subheading, read testimonials, click plans and prices. And so the way that I do that is the first, the first thing is to make the headline very, very big and make it very, you know, valuable to the, to the user. So basically as long as I've done the, done the job of getting the right person to land on that page, basically they're going to see save 10 hours on QuickBooks every week. And they're going to think, wow, that's really valuable. That, I, that's interesting enough. And it's piqued my interest enough. I'm going to go to the next thing on the page, which is the next word. Our, Quick, gotcha. our QuickBooks plugin does the work for you. Okay. So again, I'm thinking, okay, how do I, it's almost like narrative drive and story writing. How do I get them from there to there? Then I'm going to get them to here. And you'll notice that this box is darker than this box. So I'm specifically driving the person's eyes to read this next because that's that's the way i want them to do it so i'm orchestrating exactly how they read the page so this tool reduces my time spending quickly by 75 percent these days i get out of work you know it's debatably and then finally click for freedom so that's what i mean by the man on wire mental framework wow yeah i'm gonna have to dig into that i maybe i didn't go through this part and no you you didn't because it was this is something we were discussing a big mistake that I made with Nugget is um, I locked down the stages. So I, I've, I sort of was trying to be too controlling about the user experience. So I made it so that you had to unlock module one to get to module two, unlock module two to get to module three. And as, as we discussed um, in our last call, that should have just been open. People should be able to click around um, but uh, and, and sort of have a look at future content. But... Uh, track the markers complete so that the little rocket moves along correctly. So there's two, there's two sort of concepts. One is it's tracking where you are, but also you can just look around into the future. So this, that. Is that hard to, is that hard to change? No, it's not hard to change. No, it's not. Again, because of, because of having built the whole thing and, and, you know, building it out of small components and all that. Um, Let's see right here. Uh, process. Yeah, this is what I was talking about. So these are locked. So that that one was, um, you know, design yourself. Oh, stage right. nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Stage nine. So you haven't got to that. Where are you right now anyway in it? I believe I am on stage five. Yeah. So, so but really, I mean, what, what Nugget's helped you do is just pick. If it, if it could help, the, the best thing that Nugget can do is help anyone pick an idea to work on that is not a waste of time. <laughs> so I've, I've used it. I've used it for that. I've, I've put a bunch of ideas to the grinder and the two that I've talked to you about the analytics one mentioned earlier and then yeah. the uh, starter kit, like those both made it through. 
but uh, uh, haven't, well, actually I got a lot out of, I already said this before, but I got a lot out of the, the first stage as well, just kind of like self-reflection and figuring out like what sorts of uh, environments work and otherwise I've, I've really excelled in and what they had in common with each other. So um, um, I have a meeting in eight minutes. So um, I think we could go through the, like the strategy stuff and the next, next time we talk. Um, but all right. in, the, in the last 10 minutes, let's maybe wrap up on your stuff. Cause I feel like I've taken over. I oh, I, that's fine. I didn't, I didn't know this was a plan, but uh, um, it was, yeah, it's interesting to see. And I, I will probably be more on top of uh, this plan for next time. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't have any huge questions or stuff to share on my side. So the analytics tool, like that's, that's the main thing that I think uh, I'll need more help with with an Alchemist camp or I'll have more questions about cause it's newer. Um, you know, the, the main thing there is I, I haven't shared it with anyone except for myself yet. Um, <laughs> so do you think so, it so, works? So here's the thing. Here's a scary thing. Yeah. Uh, it's so with Alchemist camp, one nine of uptime, like 99.9% uptime is fine. Cause if, if content's not there for 10 minutes or for an hour, even, you know, they can just come back later, but for an analytics tool, it's got uh, a lot higher requirements, right? Cause like anytime it's, it's down, it's not collecting, uh, it's not collecting data for anyone. And I'm not saying I expect it to be down or, you know, to be incredibly difficult to do that. But I, it's just the people have higher expectations for something like that. Yeah, um, it's it's sure. going to be more mission critical. And then on top of that, um, essentially, like if it does well, my own customers DDoS me because my traffic will be the sum <laughs> of all of theirs. Like every yeah. single, if they're sending an yeah. event every single time they get a visit, well, you know, they get one request, I get one. So I get the sum of all of theirs. Uh, it's, that, yeah. that's so, a, so that's, that's kind of had me, you know, thinking like, okay, that's a how am I going to do this? Where how am I, I would, how am I, I going like to price this? Thinking like breaking stuff down into really small components and thinking, okay, you know, I know for a fact that like one server service server could could service one of my clients so you know could it could that be like some sort of architectural decision or are you going to do it like um more like serverless uh, i think it would be multi-tenant to start with so i've i've looked at the prices uh for like managed databases on uh on various hosts that I would consider uh, like DigitalOcean's managed databases or render is like a more managed solution, but uh, it, it looks like it's doable. Like it looks like I could afford what, what I would, what I'm thinking of asking. Um, and then for once the data like accumulates a certain amount that I can just uh, dish that off to Google BigQuery or something to say like you get access for this much time and then it's warehoused and, you know, you can still get the data. I'm really but it's interested. To, I'm really interested to hear, to hear your different um, solution ideas about that. I mean, will you be will you be building that out before next week, or? or I've already got a working analytics solution for myself. Oh, uh, okay. The question, the question is, how much do I need to? Uh, um, how much do I need to? How much infrastructure do I need to build before I let anyone else use it? Too. I mean, for, like the point is, is like, how about just work with a maximum of ten customers? right and just start and just start collecting it work with them and then you can just sort of get the user experience the onboarding flow all that stuff worked out with them 
and it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can definitely skip. Just don't I, choose anyone who's got a giant site, you know? I agree. It, <laughs> I agree a hundred percent, but it's scary. So I've been, I've been dragging my feet a little bit. <laughs> Interesting. So, Interesting. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess we can, we'll, we can talk about it next time. Okay, cool. All right. So that's, uh, I'm not going to say that's it. That's a wrap. That's your other show. <laughs> yeah. But, that's uh, the, that's the other show. And I'm, I'm also not going to say it because I think that's copyright to Jason Roberts. Uh, I think so, so. So we'll, we'll work out some kind of sign off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, time. see you next time. <laughs> yeah. So cool.